Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. On this week's episode, what will James Gunn do for the DC Universe? Marvel's smart moves to solidify its future. And can Fallout 76 be the multiplayer adventure everyone has been hoping for? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We want to thank you so much for listening to all of our programs. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He is the Emperor of Humanica Media. you got to check out everything that's going on today at HumanicaMedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Another great pop culture weekend is almost in our laps. Are we talking Emperor like the Emperor's New Groove or the one from Star Wars? You know what? I heard rumors that Palpatine might be coming back, so you never know, my friend. You never know. You really don't. You don't. And I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing. We we don't. I don't think the world really wanted more Palpatine, but you know, we'll see what happens. Palpatine. Maybe it'll be his brother Ovaltine. You never know. The evil one with the bad cough, nicotine. There you go. There you go. The triplets. It is going to be a great episode we've got for you today. We've got standing by in the middle of the Cosmic Crossfire. It is Rob McCallum. He's going to be talking about a lot of great pop culture subjects. Plus also as well, we got a preview of week six in the NFL with my good friend Tyler Baker of the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast. You can always check out full episodes of both those shows, the Cosmic Crossfire and the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other various outlets. We also are going to be able to talk later in the program about Fallout 76. We got a big-time look at what's going on with the game, the development of it, just before the beta hits, because a lot of media outlets got to be able to have the opportunity to show its wares. And we're going to share our thoughts on the upcoming multiplayer adventure and is it everything that we've hoped for when it comes to a bethesda multiplayer experience we're going to share our thoughts on that to see if it's just the right thing we have in mind for fallout but first my friend a lot of stuff going on in where else 
the DC universe where the major announcement that was made was that James Gunn, who was formerly the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy series that we all know and most of us love so well in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's going to be the second director. Remember, Joss Whedon of the Avengers was first. He's going to be jumping over from the Marvel Cinematic Universe over to the DC movie universe and now has been named the writer and director of the upcoming Suicide Squad 2. I know a lot of people are very interested and excited about that. I know Dave Bautista, who plays Drax in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I know he's excited to see if he can get the opportunity to become a part of the Suicide Squad team. So I ask you, Josh, what does this big news mean to you as far as not only for the DC movie universe and all the great fans and support that they have, not only Suicide Squad, but most importantly for the psyche and actually the confidence of James Gunn now that he's back making movies once again? It's actually a pretty good publicity move on Warner Brothers part because you think about it, like what a better way to slap Disney and Marvel in the face than to bring on James Gunn. Yeah, exactly. Bring James Gunn on. And it's actually kind of the perfect property for him, too, because Suicide Squad, you know, it's not like a joke by any means, but they are kind of the guardians of the galaxy in, in a way, like street level of the DC universe. So a pretty smart move. And I think it's a property that James Gunn can really thrive on because he he excels at writing witty dialogue. And that's what Suicide Squad was honestly lacking in the the first one and that's what the fans want to see that's what they're known for in the comic books just violent smart alex so no it's a good move on their part and for gun especially because not only is this like warner brothers showing disney hey we can do this and this is our chance to kind of get back in the game it's also a james gun going all right disney and you know just giving him the finger you know I don't think that he's going to have stage fright of any kind. It's just going to be him proving them like, hey, you made a mistake by firing me. And I, I honestly like I'm expecting big things from this movie now. Well, also, I am as well. And the director of the original Suicide Squad movie, he actually gave his blessing and his thumbs up to everyone out there on Twitter to show his approval for James Gunn coming over to the DC movie universe and now is the director of Suicide Squad 2. Let's put things in perspective. This is actually probably one of the best things that James Gunn could have hoped for. Not only is he landing into something that has very low expectations, but something that could have a potentially high return because you got to remember, even though it was lambasted by critics, people were just polarized everywhere when it came to, in fact, we were noticed it and we actually reported on it when it comes to the word of mouth, which was just all over the place on how good or how bad or how just all over the place when it comes to the word of mouth that was spread on Suicide Squad. I know I thought it was just absolutely horrid, but be that as it may, it still made just under $750 million and is one of the leading DC movies of all time at the box office. So they get nominated for an award too. Oh, yeah, exactly. I also got nominated for some Razzies, but we won't go there. So I will say this. It was actually, like I said, the best thing that James Gunn could have hoped for because not only does he land in with a movie that has very low expectations, but could yield a potentially very high, even a billion-dollar return because if it does have any type of good word of mouth, 
any type of consistent good reviews across the board if he brings any of that guardians of the galaxy magic over to the suicide squad 2 i'm going to tell you what this baby's going to hit the heights that a dc movie may have never reached before honestly though his style of writing seems like it fits better in the dc universe anyways because it's kind of dark and at the same time even in guardians of the galaxy he pushed the envelope on things that you wouldn't think they'd be able to get away with in a disney you know marvel disney whatever so I, I think that his writing style is going to be right at home in, in the Warner Brothers universe, and especially since you have characters like Aquaman and Shazam who are both showing these action-packed but still in-depth and lighter side of that the DC universe. I think that James Gunn is a welcome addition to the family, and he's going to do great things for them. And that might actually be the movie that turns things around, you know, assuming Aquaman doesn't do it. I think Aquaman will. I think I'm really high on Aquaman. I saw that extended trailer over the weekend at the New York Comic Con, and I am really excited for Aquaman. Shazam, I know a lot of people were actually even more excited for that than Aquaman. You and I were probably not as excited for it, but we still got hopes for it, and I I think ultimately it will probably work out in its favor. But with the added name brand that is james gunn and what he brings over after all the controversy and all that stuff aside i think it's a great move by warner brothers and dc to bring him in on this and now that you have him working on suicide squad 2 you've got the joker prequel that's now being filmed with joaquin phoenix shazam aquaman and wonder woman 84 we haven't even talked about that the sequel to the most well thought of movie right now in the dc universe Right now, things are looking a little bit up for a franchise that really a lot of people, including us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, have been down on for quite some time. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, honestly, I'm not too excited about the Joker movie. I don't, I don't think that they needed to do that. But Birds of Prey also was well coming out with Margot Robbie and Jared Leto. Like, I, I wanted to see Jared Leto get another stab at the Joker. I thought that he didn't really get his justice, I guess, on the screen during the first Suicide Squad. So this would be a good opportunity for him to get back into it. Pardon the pun there with the justice thing. I know. I was trying to think of another way to phrase it, but it wasn't happening. Again, though, like I think that before they branch out into all these other properties, they need to learn to do like their big five justice. I get, yeah, there's a pun again. Because they haven't even made a Batman movie. And they haven't like given Superman his time on the screen, his time to shine. They can't, you know, we don't even know what's happening with Henry Cavill right now. So... Or Ben Affleck, because he just got out of rehab, but we don't know the status of him playing the Batman character long term. Yeah, exactly. And those are their big two. Like, they need to treat those properties right, do something with those properties, and then go into these other ones. They've already established Suicide Squad, so I'm like, that's a good idea to have James Gunn do that. But they really just need to go back and focus on their core team before they start branching off and like Birds of Prey and Batgirl or whatever else is coming next. Uh, What's the. the one with the rock that's he's playing uh black adam was it yeah i think it's black adam yeah so i don't i, I don't know dude. I'm, I'm on the fence about the whole dc thing i think they're taking steps in the right direction but it's going to be a while before they kind of pull themselves out of the swamp but it was i think a very classy move that like i said before that david air the director of suicide squad much maligned suicide squad gave the thumbs up to what we were talking about when it comes to James Gunn being now a part of the DC movie universe. Right. And I'm anxious to see what the, you know, if there's going to be any backlash from 
you know, people saying, I'm going to boycott the movie or whatever over the whole James Gunn thing. It's going to be interesting to say the least, but I haven't seen any negative publicity for it so far. So who knows? Yes. But right now it looks a lot better for me than this time last year for the Warner Brothers and DC conglomerate for the DC movie universe. I think things are going in the right direction. Is all the pieces there? Not yet. Like we talked about, they still have to solidify the future going forward for Batman and Superman. I agree with you. All these other side stories they shouldn't be working on, but they're already in the can or already working on it right now. So it's too late for that. So you might as well just try to make them as best as you can. But going forward, it looks a little bit better for the DC movie universe. And it all starts off with James Gunn now being part of it by writing and directing Suicide Squad 2. What are your thoughts out there on James Gunn heading to the DC movie universe? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Are you still sad that he's not a part of the Guardians of the Galaxy any longer? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. Marvel, never to be outdone by what DC is doing, they did their own thing as far as solidifying a couple of movies in the future for them as part of their next phase going forward, especially with the chaos going on with what we talked about earlier with James Gunn leaving Guardians in the Galaxy 3, being bumped off, being moved, I believe, at least a year from when it was originally going to be airing and and being shown in theaters we've got news this week that not only one but two major pieces going forward for the marvel cinematic universe were actually signed agreed upon and got deals very astute deals by marvel in order for them to get them into these projects the first one i want to talk about is scarlett johansson she got signed for reported Well, what's being bandied about as a $15 million payday coming up for the Black Widow movie. Obviously, Disney is not commenting whether or not that's the case. But since that's the number being tossed around, we're just going to go ahead and run with that, which is very comparable and I believe equal to both what Chris Hemsworth has made and Chris Evans has made on previous movies themselves. Your thoughts on solidifying Scarlett Johansson? And finally giving her the payday I think she deserves as far as what's going forward since this movie is all going to be about her development and her character known as the Black Widow. It's good. I'm glad she's getting paid a lot and all that. But I still, you know, we discussed this like I I think it was a, what, a couple of years ago. We're talking about the Black Widow toys or whatever. But I think it's it's cool. She's getting her own movie. But it, What's it going to be about is my big question, because I mean, an origin story, they kind of covered that in Avengers Age of Ultron. 
she's always kind of existed in ensembles though even in the not just in the movies but in the comic books like you don't really see her in solo things you see her with tony stark with secret avengers with nicholas fury in some fashion or she's sneaking in on um zoloff or something like that but she's never really had her own solo adventure so i'm curious like what's going to be because it's kind of marvel's opportunity to make something completely original in their cinematic universe so i think there's a big opportunity for them plus also it's a big opportunity for her because outside of the marvel cinematic universe similar to what chris evans chris hemsworth and others have gone through including robert downer jr to an extent when he's not playing sherlock holmes they've all had their struggles from time to time in the time period during the MCU, as far as being on their own, doing their own movies, Ghost in the Shell is probably one of the most glaring weaknesses for her when that came out. She's had just a couple hits, but most of them have been misses for her outside of her Black Widow performance so far in the past 10 years of the MCU. Yeah, it'll be her time to shine for sure. But again, you know, what's the movie going to be about? And it's kind of a spoiler alert too don't you think that they're basically saying that she's not the one that's going to be dying in infinity war part two well at this point i've given up on that man because you've got spider-man tom holland's already boasted pictures and boasted about doing his own movie already which is supposed to be taking place after the events i believe of what's coming up in avengers infinity war so that's a killer so you already know that spoiler They've already talked about at Disney, they've already talked about Black Black Panther 2, which we will be talking about here in a sec. We've already spoken about how that's a necessity going forward. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, before that whole fiasco blew up, that is still very much planned to be made at some point by a different director to resolve that trilogy arc of that successful group. So there are individuals already there, and we've already discussed this before as well, where I don't like it at all any of these movies being communicated out there that they're already going to be made or are in production at some point. Can't there be any type of secrets that should have been held? I mean, we pretty much already have, have counted on like two or three individuals that are going to die and already several that are going to live that are currently dust in the wind, like a Kansas song right now. So it, it just kind of takes the fun out of it. There's only a few characters left, like a vision, like not even like a Scarlet Witch, because we already know she's going to be doing a TV show. Loki, Loki's been talked about doing a TV show for the streaming service as well. So there's really not much suspense when it comes to who lives and who dies at this point in time. Right, too. But you also have to remember that Marvel films are huge. So Anytime one gets spot filming something, people are going to know about it, especially like in this age of relevance on social media. You have people on the crew who are going to leak something. It's not just a matter of will they. It's an inevitability. So it's a matter of when's this going to happen. They want the money. Yep, that's right. They want to break the story. They want their you know, YouTube or Facebook or Instagram page to have all the clicks and the likes and the uh, the hashtags and all that stuff. So you can't help that kind of thing these days and i just hope that you know as for the scarlet witch movie i hope it's good i hope it's it's gritty what do you mean the scarlet witch tv series that's coming to Disney witch, uh, black widow man i'm so sorry as far as the black widow movie i hope it's like because she's a very gritty character gritty and violent like you look at her background like she's from soviet russia so i hope that they don't like jokeify it like if they really want to make you know this their first foray into a fully female i guess i don't know captain marvel maybe will count as that but like a gritty female 
espionage film kind of in the vein of winter soldier like they need to do it properly and give her her time to shine and and, and it's going to be dark and, and you know it might even be violent but don't like disnify it you know don't make it all jokey like they have like make some jokes yeah but make it cool though make it something that people will take seriously and maybe that'll set the standard going forward for more female driven superhero movies that's going to be your t-shirt for our next taping of our next show don't disnify it <laughs> i just uh copyrighted that tm 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 that's how you do that but also that was noted and very much appreciated because it was an outstanding movie as well the sequel to black panther black panther 2 which again we know is on the way kevin feige and officials at disney have already said that it's already on the way it's already going to be in production yada 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 spoiler 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 all that type of stuff ryan coogler who did an outstanding job with Black Panther as, I guess, in the non-shocker of all non-shockers, has been retained as the writer and director for Black Panther 2. I'm expecting some great things again from Black Panther, but I want to ask you, Josh, when it comes to Black Panther 2, where do you think they can go from there to continue the outstanding success that the original brought just a few months ago? Black Panther 2, Return to Wakanda. No, I, I hope they don't do Wakanda again. I, I wanted them to go somewhere else. Honestly, I don't know. I wish I I wish I knew more about Black Panther. I wish I had read more when I was a kid. My favorite Black Panther comic arc was in Ultimate Avengers, where they go to Wakanda and they're fighting the made-up space alien species. It wasn't the, the Kree or the Skrull. They put the, the Ultimate Avengers together they went to Wakanda, teamed up with Black Panther to take down this alien species that was trying to take all the adamantium in the comic books as adamantium out of Wakanda. And that, that was really what kind of got me my first glimpse at the world of Black Panther. And since then, I, I haven't really done a lot of research or reading into that comic book. I would like to, so I might do that in the future. But as far as where they're going to go from there, like they, they did the origin story. They did the origin story really well. And I... You know, the, the, their cityscape, uh, the city scenes where they're in South Korea, like that was really cool. So if they have more set pieces like that, I would hope that it would be something on a, on a larger scale. Show us Wakanda, but show us, show us something else. Show us something new because they, they have the ability to do that because they're a, they're a property right now where like, it can only go up. So I, I hope that they do. They raise the stakes this time. I think just with Ryan Coogler again behind the camera, also being responsible for the writing of the film, I think he's going to get a tremendous buy-in from whoever is going to be a part of this second movie in the Black Panther series. And if it goes anywhere near the success level of the first Black Panther, I expect a trilogy at least to be going forward at some point in time to finish that story arc of Black Panther. And I tell you what, it's just a great sign that they were smart enough to go ahead and target who they need and make sure they've got great foundation pieces and signing up Scarlett Johansson, giving her a paycheck that's equal to what Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans have been both paid for, for their solo movies, Civil War and also Thor Ragnarok. Plus we've got Ryan Coogler, who has also signed up to do Black Panther 2. And I think that's just some smart moves to retain both those individuals so you can get that going. Yes, there's going to be a lot of new faces in this next phase, but it's also helpful to have 
some of the faces that got you there, some of the people that were responsible for the success of the previous phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and definitely Ryan Coogler and Scarlett Johansson, both were big, key, integral pieces of that previous arc. And I'm just so grateful that they're going to get their chance to be a part of it once again in the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What are your thoughts out there on Ryan Coogler and Scarlett Johansson officially becoming part of the MCU going forward after the events of next year's Avengers Infinity War Part 2? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Before we head to Rob McCallum in the middle of the Cosmic Crossfire, gotta let you know the Discover Pod Award nominations, the ballots are now out. We would truly appreciate any help in this matter. We've got the links set up already on our Facebook pages for Pop Culture Cosmos and GameSource. I'm trying to get Josh to go ahead and pin it up on Humanica Media as well. It is the link to get you to go ahead, nominate the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Just put it Pop Culture Cosmos slash PCC Multiverse. Or even if you just put Pop Culture Cosmos, that's just great by us. As far as the best podcast and the best society and culture podcast of 2018. And true crime. Well, not true crime. Uh, no, we're not into true, true crime. crime. But you can do entertainment as well. If that one, that's fine. That's that's legit. Okay, I can't really true see crime us. if you didn't nominate us. Okay, I agree with you on that part. But please, if you get a chance, go to the link that's available on our Facebook pages at Pop Culture Cosmos in Game Source. Check it out. Please help us out today. We truly appreciate it. We were nominated last year for Discover Pod Award. It was truly humbling, and we cannot thank you enough for all the listeners for not only listening to our show, but helping us out in hopefully becoming a Discover Pod Award nominee again. Coming right back with Rob McCallum in the middle of the Cosmic Crossfire, this is the PCC Multiverse. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with another edition of the Cosmic Crossfire. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. But it wouldn't be a Cosmic Crossfire without my good friend. He is the man who does it all when it comes to Rob McCallum Films. You got to check out everything that's going on today at Rob McCallum. He's already laughing already. He is the man who does it all. You you can't use man, myth, legend anymore because I hear you introduce Josh like that now. I've been ripped off. Now I'm just the man. Oh. He is the man who does it all when it comes to Rob McCallum Films. You got to check out everything that's going on when it comes to all of his projects, all of his side stuff, all of his great movies and documentaries, including Box Art, the docuseries coming up. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I have to take a deep breath before I say that one. That is available. It's a long one. It's a long one. We had trouble getting it on the Blu-ray for Kickstarter backers. I can imagine. It's almost like a JRPG. 
But anyways, that is available now on Netflix. Of course, there's Missing Mom, the Kitty documentary, Nintendo Quest, which you can always get on Amazon, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is the namesake himself. It is Rob McCallum. But Rob, we're not here to just talk about all your amazing projects out there at Rob McCallum Films. We're here to talk about pop culture, my friend. So pray tell, Rob, what's on your mind when it comes to pop culture? We got to talk about this. An NHL team has banned gaming while on the road. I'm not sure if you saw this, Gerald. I mean, I'm sure it, uh, it squeaked into your neck of the woods. The Vancouver Canucks have banned gaming on road trip. Forward Bo Horvat, who actually played for the city I live in, the London Knights, and his junior team, he said, yeah, that's definitely a no-go. No more Fortnite. No more bringing video games on the road. It's strictly team meals, team dinners, and hanging out with the guys. So we put an end to that. Now, there has been some other people firing different comments off saying, well, you know, clearly they they uh, they need to have that stop so they have one less excuse for their win-loss record. Maybe it's hurting team morale. Maybe it's helping it. The fact that gaming has now kind of influenced professional sports organizations to that, that they had to have a team-wide mandate in the same way, you know, players must arrive in suits and that kind of thing. That's a pretty big deal that it must be maybe addictive and possibly interfering to the point to not just single out and have a conversation with one or two individuals, you know, behind closed doors. This is an actual team kind of decree. What do you think about that? Well, first of all, it speaks to the success of Fortnite because they recently announced that they were closing in on 80 million concurrent users each and every month, which is an amazing number. Just truly just an outstanding number for that game and they're to be applauded for it. Yes, I get the fact that Fortnite has become addictive to a lot of people. I've played it. I think it's a cute little game, but I, I really can't get into it the way others can. I know my daughters have played it just for a couple times and they say pretty much the same thing. But I know a lot of people have become addicted to it. I know it's become a really big esports scene and the whole nine yards. I know a lot of individuals in, in everyday walks of life, from regular Joes to celebrities to sports individuals, have really gotten into Fortnite to the point where it has become a slight distraction to, to some of the teams and some of the players involved because they can't stop talking about it, they can't stop playing it, focusing on it, what have you. But I just don't think it should come to the point where you have to ban Fortnite from the locker room or video games. I know there's those rare occurrences. But this is a job. This is a job, right? You go to your job. Go ahead. Let me finish. Let me finish. I know there's been those rare occurrences where video games and those freak accidents or something with their hands or or whatever has has caused uh, maybe an injury or a slight time that they're they're out of, of action. But I would rather have my guys in the hotel room playing video games than going ahead and been giving an excuse to go out more into the nightlife and goodness knows what can happen then. First and foremost, this is a professional job where people are being paid millions of dollars a year to do this. There's a, there's a current restricted free agent who said he's losing about $45,000 a day by not signing a new contract or coming to terms with this team. So let's just say the average player because this guy's a little bit higher up is maybe losing twenty thousand dollars a day if your employer doesn't want you to play video games because you're away on a work function i think it's highly acceptable to go along with those standards now if you're proposing the dichotomy is you're they're either going to play Fortnite in the hotel or they're going to go to strip clubs i think that's a little far-fetched i think you may be casting them into a net that's a little bit unfair just because there's been a few people that have done that and there have been reports 
I don't think that's the, the super fair for you to say that, well, if they're not playing video games, they're going to be at the strip club causing problems. And hey, this is the NHL. This is not the NBA. This is not the NFL. This is not MLB, okay? There have been far less incidents reported of away trips or players after games getting into trouble than some of these other sports. So don't cast one league and associate with another league. I think ultimately it comes down to these people are employees. Johnny Punch Clock, who works at the factory, can't whip out his you know, his iOS device or his Google Play and play Fortnite while he's packing boxes for Amazon or whatever he's doing. I'm not saying to do it while you're playing in the game. And You know what? It's a work function. You're away on a work trip. It affects what you do. If it's causing problems, and I don't think the Vancouver Canucks are going to just suddenly come up with something unless there's evidence to support people staying up to maybe 3 or 4 a.m. playing Fortnite because they can't say no and they're tired and they're sluggish the next day. There's obviously probably some grounds for it for them to make it an entire team-wide decree, like I said, instead of just talking to one or two people. So I think it's totally within the realm of acceptability. Again, these guys are making millions of dollars. If they're being asked not to play some video games, I think that's okay. Are they making millions of dollars? Millions of dollars. Okay. All right. One of those rare times I can pick on you. To me, it's just an issue of... Now that you've taken that away from them, they're going to find something else to do, and that could lead to bigger issues and bigger problems. But that's just me. That's what I've seen over the course of time. Back when you know you couldn't take your Atari 2600, back when you couldn't take your ColecoVision N64 or anything else that previously you were playing with and as far as video games, they were going ahead instead and, and doing other nefarious things outside of just staying in their hotel room and playing video games. Now, mind you, as highly compensated adults, they should understand that, look, there's a time where you need to turn that power button off and go ahead and get your rest and focus in on what you need to. Maybe getting into more videotape sessions, maybe getting into more study sessions, maybe working more with and communicating more with your team and in regards to maybe some defensive linemen. Just things that you can talk about. Make sure you set some time aside for that. That, again, is up to the coaching staff, but a ban outright is, is just kind of just that's, – that's just over the top for me. Well, I really wish that you were the owner or the general manager of the Vancouver Canucks because you'd have a lot of happier Fortnite players possibly. I would get Epic Games to actually be a sponsor, and you know what? I would even change the name to the Vancouver Fortnites. There you go. That you There would be lots of plans. You know what? Thankfully, the new NHL game is out from EA. It was probably produced in the same area as Vancouver. I'm sure you could – create your own fantasy team and call them whatever you want and uh, maybe you can make a pitch then send that to the Canucks organization and and tweet that out there and just tell them how unfair they're being uh can I have one of the checks from Epic Games instead I'll take one of the residual checks I'll no them. no you cannot because you're a member of the Vancouver Canucks that's how it works uh, can I quit and just take that deposit no 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 you can't because you're signed to a 10-year contract yikes just like the players yikes no free agency for me for a while. Can I opt nope. out even? No, nope. no, you cannot. You would lose your signing bonus. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll hit the ice then. Well, at least we finally disagree about something. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't end the show on any other note. That has been the Cosmic Crossfire. Thanks for listening. And I'm glad everybody out there agrees with me and disagrees with Gerald. Yada, yada, yada. Thank you very much. If you have any questions for Rob or me or any comments, hopefully you keep them nice. Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, or you can send us nice things or respectful things to us 
at Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, Game Source, and Rob McCallum Films on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And at Twitter, Rob is at Rob McZob. And of course, we're also Pop Culture Cosmos, like I said, on Twitter as well. So, Rob, it's been a great time talking to you as always. Finally got to disagree on a couple things out there. We'll do better next time and try to disagree a little bit more here in the Cosmic Crossfire. Oh, excellent. Until then, my friend. Until then, it's always great talking to you and always having you a part of the Cosmic Crossfire right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Get ready for Box Art, a gaming docuseries from Pyre Productions and Rob McCallum Films. If you love video games, chances are there's a box cover or cover image that you love and has stuck with you for decades. In our series, Box Art, we travel across North America to visit with the unknown illustrators and artists responsible for creating the most iconic gaming images of all time. What was once scheduled to be a 90-minute documentary is now a six-episode season packed with unbelievable tales that paint a picture of the gaming industry you've never imagined. Just one of the many pop culture projects from Rob McCallum, Empire Productions. We're back, and once again, it is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to our show. It is week six in the NFL. Everything is looking fine. If you're a lot of teams that are on the up and up, not if you're the New York Giants, though. Unfortunately, they're on the down low and it's continuing to slide down, but it's another <laughs> conversation for another day. But it is, like I said, going to be a great weekend in the NFL. And here to discuss everything out there that fantasy football owners need to know is my good friend. He is the guru <laughs> of the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. You can listen to full episodes today on our Pop Culture Cosmos channel. Now that's available on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and over 30 different podcast outlets. It is my good friend. Mr. Tyler Baker. What's up, man? How are you doing, my friend? It's always a pleasure to be on the Pop Culture Cosmos. And it's always great to have you here, commanding the ship, making sure everybody's teams are doing well and prospering, mm-hmm. or at least so that you can actually sleep and not feel guilty. At least you get to <laughs> give them their good words of ice. If they don't listen and they lose, well, you mm. know, that's not on you. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you first. I discussed it on our full episode of the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. We mentioned that we would go ahead and have you think of some good trade targets out there for people that are maybe need some help or maybe need to shore up some things on their lineup mm-hmm. or what have you. What are some good trade targets out there that fantasy football owners need to be made aware of that are attainable? I'm not talking about anybody like trying to trade for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. 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 Good luck on that one. You're not going to probably get it unless you throw everything in the kitchen sink for him. Sure. I'm talking about individuals out there that are attainable that will help your fantasy football team down the road. Sure. Well, I will say if you can pull a trade for Patrick Mahomes, do it no matter what you give up. I think he's second only behind Aaron Rodgers. And I only say that because Rodgers is healthy now. We saw him moving around in the pocket really well last week. And Green Bay is going to pass the ball. They don't want to run. I still give Aaron Rodgers the edge. But 
Mahomes has had a couple down weeks, at least from a fantasy point view. So if you could get him, get him because he's had two really tough matchups. He is an absolute star. He's going to be a star for a long time to come. But when you're talking about a trade, you really have to ask yourself, is this trade going to better my team? And how is this trade going to better my team? I'm in quite a few leagues and I see a lot of trades where I go and I look at who's trading what. And I look and I'm like, why are they making this trade? How, you know, I, I fail to understand sometimes how these incoming players are actually going to help their team. So you really have to look at what needs your team has. What do you have to give up to get the guy that you want? And then you have to find a trade partner. So trading is a little bit tricky. Going into the buy season, as I like to call it, the next couple of weeks, you're going to have a lot of teams on buys. So you're going to want to look ahead and figure out how you can set your team up to do well during the buys. A couple pieces of advice there. One is that receivers are almost a dime a dozen. Any given week, there's a receiver that you can get off of the waiver wire that is going to come in and give you production. And if you get to that point in the season and you need a question or, or you need a receiver, you can just message me or get on the Facebook page and I'll be sure to help you with that. So the premium, in my opinion, going into the buys is at running back because running back is a much more scarce position and there is value out there. So I looked at how the points are shaping up, at least for fantasy points, and I found a couple of players that I think are kind of, I uh, have more points than they probably should at this point in the season. And those guys, of course, you want to sell high on. I would recommend probably trying to move Isaiah Coel. He's had a couple big games, but if you look at how they're splitting up that backfield, Blob Howe is actually getting quite a bit of work there. I think Corell's numbers to this point are a little bit of an outlier. Corell is one of the top 10 fantasy running backs in the NFL right now. I don't think he's top 10 talent. And I think towards the end of the season, he's going to come back to earth. So that's a guy you might want to move. And, you know, if you need to make changes on your roster. Also, James White. Now, you and I have been talking about the James White, Sony Michelle situation. And I'm going to stick to what I said several weeks ago in that at the beginning of the season, at least after Burkhead was gone, you're going to see James White come on strong. And then you're going to see it kind of balance out with Sony Michelle getting more involved in that offense as he becomes more familiar with the scheme, and as he begins to gain Tom Brady's trust. Now, I want to say that Cruel and White both have value. I'm, I'm not saying they don't have value. I just think they're a little overvalued right now. And so those are guys where if you're looking for a trade, those are some pieces that you could put out there that their stock is really high, and you could probably get a lot from them. So that leads us to who do we try to trade for? Well, that's a lot trickier. One name really pops up, and that's David Johnson. You saw Arizona just not using him. They're starting to use him more. Don't forget that David Johnson is one of the best talents at running back in the NFL. It just seems that, that Arizona hasn't quite figured that out yet. That will come back around. I'm pretty confident that barring injury, David Johnson's stock is going to continue to rise. So the David Johnson owner that drafted him in the first round with probably one of the first three picks, is probably really frustrated right now and is probably willing to move him if you make the right offer. That, in my opinion, is the only big ticket item, if you will, as far as buying low. But there are a couple other guys. I think Kenyon Drake, you know, has kind of been in the doghouse, but if you look at his physical talent versus Frank Gore's physical talent, there's a really big discrepancy there. 
I have to think that that's going to level out some. And I think that Kenyon Drake is going to be more involved in the offense moving forward. Now, it's really difficult to predict these things. It's difficult to predict game flow. It's, it's difficult to predict scheme. And maybe these coaches are seeing something that we don't see yet. But I do think that Drake's value will go up. Also, Ronald Jones is an interesting one. Now, the first couple of weeks there in Tampa Bay, you had the Fitz magic and the glorious fantasy production that came from that. But Jameis Winston's back. The team is coming off of a bye. And right before they went into the bye, Ronald Jones had been inactive the first three games. But then the fourth game, they let him play. He got 10 touches. And I'll tell you, from what I've seen from Peyton Barber, it's not been impressive. So getting a little bit of work right before the bye and then having the bye week, new quarterback coming in with Jameis Winston, that's who they're going to roll with. It seems to me that there could be a change in what they're doing in offense coming out of the bye, and I think that Ronald Jones could be a part of that. Now, we haven't seen it yet, so that's a lot of speculation. That's a guy that I think, I mean, a stock can only go up, and he's probably on your waiver wire right now. So if you have you know, a spot that you can take a chance on a guy, Ronald Jones is probably one that I know is on your waiver wire. He could break out at some point. And then, of course, there's the Aesler Swander, Darren Sproles. And we watched Philadelphia tonight, and I can imagine how much better that offense is with Sproles on the field. Sproles, I'm pretty sure, is on the waiver wire in your league. If you have a bench spot that you can stash him, it might be a really good stash because if he comes back and he comes back healthy, he's going to be able to do some really good things in that offense. Once again, it is Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. Full episodes are available on our Pop Culture Cosmos channel, now available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and over 30 different podcast outlets. Tyler, it's going to be a fantastic weekend in the NFL. So glad you could get everybody prepped for that weekend and just looking forward to on our Monday show and also next week on our Wednesday program, just basically just sizing it all up as we always do. I cannot thank you enough for being part of the show, part of the Fantasy Football Pater podcast, and of course, right here at the PCC Multiverse. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse once again to close out the show. Thank you so much to Rob McCallum and Tyler Baker for being part of the broadcast. You've got to catch their full episodes, the Cosmic Crossfire and the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. They're available today on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and over 30 different podcast outlets. You can also check out our shows worldwide seven days a week, and we've got an entire listing of that right smack dab on the Facebook page, Game Source, and of course, pop culture cosmos josh i know you got a great thing going on with humanica media share us the info bud what's going on with humanica media <laughs> i'll tell you gerald oh my gosh that was an evil laugh <laughs> no it was just topic oculus i posted a new episode yesterday it's called adulting basically brian kane wanted to know 
why we can't adult right and what is adulting what is what does adult life look like in 2018 you don't want to know you know while deep diving into the subject we realize that none of us are really qualified to be making that decision or giving people advice on how to do that so it's a very good episode you should check it out it's up there on podbean itunes apple Podcasts, youtube and also we're on the podcast radio network tell them when gerald <laughs> always laying the pressure on me you can find the topic Ocalypse show on the podcast radio network every tuesday night 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific all right my friend last but not least before we head on out fallout 76 got a lot of coverage this week i guess the moratorium on coverage for these media outlets that got lifted the embargoes and all that so they could show video of certain amount of gameplay certain amount of time I've seen as much as, I think, 50 minutes, close to an hour of gameplay footage. Fallout 76, if you haven't heard, is in the Fallout world, the universe and whatnot. But the catch is it is a multiplayer-centric game. Yes, you can play it by yourself, but it is meant to be something more of a multiplayer experience with, I believe, up to four people, if I'm not mistaken. You've gotten a chance to take a look at it, my friend. What are your thoughts about Bethesda's new entry into the multiplayer platform? known as fallout 76 well first of all i'm developing a new appreciation for color in video games so you know i'm playing forza horizon 4 right now and the colors are truly remarkable in that game but when i was watching fallout 76 i saw the way like the sun shines in it shades the grass and the trees and you can see the light coming in through the leaves and all that stuff like it's beautiful like it looks beautiful but my big issue is that through the demo, just watching them go places, it's it's a big world. There's a lot of set pieces, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot inhabiting these set pieces. You have the little creatures running around the buses and the houses and all that. But other than that, like it it doesn't feel like a Fallout game to me. Because you know where before like you find one person and you kind of get in these big shootouts that take you probably four to five minutes to get out of. And I'm hoping that it's just because it's in still in the beta form but like in this it didn't really seem like they have that and then like you go to your base where your buddies are and it it just doesn't i don't know it just doesn't have that feel that a fallout game should and maybe it's just because i'm not the one playing it i'm not playing it with with my friends but i'm not completely sold on it i i do want to try it but i would only try it if i had other people playing it because like i said earlier i kind of alluded to the fact that yes you can play as a solo but the problem is it's not in the same vein as the previous iterations of the Fallout universe where they were single-player centric, single-player focused games with a focused narrative and, and the big wide open world that you're supposed to go ahead and attack on your own. This one is geared more towards a multiplayer platform. I did get to see the action. It was a lot faster paced than I thought it would be. I thought it would be really slow. I was quite surprised as far as the action, the pace, the transformation from one area to another. I was really surprised that, that the transitions were pretty nice. The actual look itself, still a lot of work in my in my opinion to do. But then again, Bethesda games don't always look the best comparative to other games. It's the actual narrative that you're in and the structure of the world. And that's what really seems to get everybody to buy into it. The VAT system to allow you to go ahead and access your inventory it seems to be pretty good. It seems to be if you're really familiar and in tune on how to use it, you can get in and out of it quickly. For beginners and I guess people that have not really delved into the Fallout universe that much, they're still going to have a time trying to fumble around with the VAT system, at least right at the get-go. 
But for the most part, if you are experienced with Fallout, you should be able to get into it and be able to start enjoying it rather easily. What I'm worried about is the glitches. And you and I both have talked about at length in regards to Bethesda. Your thoughts on if you think that Bethesda might have solved some of these problems, and hopefully that will translate to a better online multiplayer experience with Fallout 76. I don't think so, because they make such massive games, it's going to be hard to hit every aspect of it. I was actually listening to a podcast, and they're talking about how, like, even developers like like Ubisoft, who've been doing this for years, you know, they have their Assassin's Creed games, and they're very formulaic now, so they have their, their whole thing laid out. Most of them are made with the same engines, they just keep changing, you know, the different set pieces to do what they want it to do, but, you know, they're saying, as for Odyssey, like, the map looks beautiful. You have all the colors. Everything looks real. The wind, like everything is in motion in the game. And then you'll go into like a cave and you'll see like where the pixels are merging together. So I, I just, I feel like big open world games, you're not going to have that sense of refinement just because there's so much going on. And if you can get through the game without like experiencing that thing in Batman Arkham Knight where you're falling through the level for three hours, like I think you're doing okay there. Or uh, when you have like Mass Effect Andromeda, the technical issues that it suffered. I'm always going to have a grudge with that. <laughs> always. You know me, man. Mass Effect Andromeda, I will always have an issue. I may play it one of these days again and give it a full try. So maybe I can actually get off my hit list. But I don't know, man. I just, that, you, don't, you see, you got me started, man. Don't give me talking Mass Effect. Can we both just agree that Bethesda needs to finally man up and tell us who the lusty Argonian mate is? Yeah, absolutely. That that would be very nice if they did so. But they also need to make sure and provide the players out there a quality multiplayer game because this is something they haven't really dealt with before when it comes to the Fallout universe. I'm hoping that they'll be able to, if this game is successful, that they will translate this into the Elder Scrolls series because that is something I've always wanted to do is create an experience in the Elder Scrolls world no, and I'm not talking about the MMO that's out there. I know Elder Scrolls Online out there. I'm talking about a true Elder Scrolls game that you, like Oblivion, Skyrim, Morrowind, you know the ones. Build that type of world, build that type of environment, and have a two, three, or four multiplayer party get together. Just like if you're playing D&D and just go out in the world and trying, you know, if you, what, let's say this. If you could have done that in Skyrim or in Oblivion, would that have enhanced your gaming experience with both those games? Because I truly love Oblivion to no end. I would just want to go out and fuservas some droggers, you know, just take care of business. As long as they didn't have friendly fire on, because then we'd all really be in trouble. And as long as nobody was coming up through the floor, like in some of the other games that they've had, like Oblivion and Skyrim. Technical issues, that's what I'm worried about when it comes to Fallout 76. I think that's something that I'm going to have to see to believe before I realize if it's going to be a great game or if it's just going to be a good or well thought of game or even less. I'm very hopeful that they will go ahead and fix out whatever issues that they've had in the past and be able to apply that to a new game. Your final thoughts on Fallout 76. Do you think it's going to be a success? It takes a lot from other multiplayer games that we've seen. In fact, same thing for Bioware's Anthem, which is coming up next year. Both those games seem to take a lot from a lot of Destiny and other multiplayer-centric games where it looks like it's going to be, there's some fun, but like you were talking about, it's going to be some gaps when it comes to the world itself. 
Well, think about it too. Like when most games go gold, uh, you know, when they when they're done, they're done with development and they're sending them off to be printed and to ship to stores. There used to be a time when you were getting a complete experience, but these days you don't get it. And I guarantee you that Fallout's going to have some big day one patch. You know, it'll probably be close to thirty gigabytes if I had to guess. But it's going to be one of those games where they keep fixing it as it goes along because you don't really get a complete experience anymore because a lot of developers. They have deadlines and they don't know like what bugs are going to be in the game until the players find them. So I think they're going to be fixing a lot of stuff as they go. But eventually, I think that Fallout 76 with enough feedback, it could end up if it's not good at launch, maybe like a year from now, it could end up being a really great game that stands tall in their catalog of big, massive multiplayer games. It all starts with the beta. If you're an Xbox One owner. It's going to be available on October 23rd, and a week later, it's coming to PS4 and the PC. So check that out. Hopefully, you'll get the opportunity to do so. And if you have any thoughts on it, please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also, as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can let us know what your thoughts are on the beta and then also the game itself because it's coming right around the corner on November 14th. It's going to be here right before Black Friday. So Fallout 76, if it's successful, it will be one of the big sellers this holiday. It's been another great episode. First Man's coming out this weekend. How do you think it's going to fare? Ryan Gosling, star of one of our, well, actually our favorite movie of last year, Blade Runner 2049, which we cannot stop talking about, which we think you should go see on Blu-ray today. Assuming that article, they're making a TV show of Blade Runner. Yeah, I heard that. I'm sure that'll work out really well, but you never know. You never know. Your thoughts on First Man. Do you think it'll go ahead and provide enough impetus for Ryan Gosling to go ahead and maybe get some recognition for maybe some Oscar awards or for the movie to maybe in its first week surpass what Venom and A Star is Born is going to do? Because I think it's going to be hard. I think in its second week, Venom, even though it's going to have a big drop, it might still lead the pack this weekend. And if not, I think A Star is Born is the favorite to go ahead and surpass it and not First Man. I think First Man is going to be out of this world, Gerald. Oh, man. <laughs> Do you see what I did there? <laughs> you have just been the master of puns today. Uh, yes. I would like to see it. You know, it's funny because anytime like a movie, a new space movie comes out, you always get the flat earthers come out and they're like, whether or not you know they have scientific proof that it was done in a hollywood basement who cares why you gotta ruin the magic for the rest of us you know they're like they're like the people who go to disneyland and can't like enjoy being there because they're like oh catella is right outside so i don't know man i hope it's good I, I there hasn't been a good space movie in a long time well the martian i guess but you know i remember being a kid and going to see apollo 13 and like I, i'm hoping that when i watch first man like that'll bring that feeling back you know where you're in space and it's intense and something you know it's it's exciting and there's it just makes your imagination go i'm looking forward to it as well i think it's another vehicle for ryan gosling to try and garner more nominations but is it going to be good enough to propel him and the movie to success I think we're going to start to see the residuals of that this weekend at the box office. What are your thoughts out there on First Man and also anything that we've talked about as far as Fallout 76 and so much more? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And yes, 
first man will it rock it <laughs> you know what you're the pun man you say it you mean will it rocket him to success yeah that's right <laughs> yeah okay So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Do you know the ESO Network has a brand new Patreon? That's right. We're asking for your help, and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. Don't fret. All your favorite shows will still be available for free, as always. But you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is go to ESOPodcast.com and click on the link. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.